Hasn't the Lord been good to us? If you're sitting by somebody you love, tell them you love them. Now, don't be lying to each other out there. Some of you young people, just be quiet. You don't need to be telling that girl you love her. There's some roughneck daddies in here. Snap your neck, boys. Just tell the Lord you love him until you get enough nerve to ask the daddy. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? First John and the third chapter, the Lord wants me to talk about your salvation tonight. I have just scribbled down thoughts the Lord gave me this afternoon. That's how he told me how to treat it. Thank the Lord. I'm glad I'm saved. Glad I'm saved. The Lord. I re- Brother Stroud, I really believe that America may be fixing to go down a drain, but I'm telling you, I think the churches are fixing to go way up. I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about our churches are going. What do you think about that? I feel it. Yeah, I feel it. Lord, got it. I want to talk to you. The Lord wants you to. The Lord wants you to know you're saved. <laughs> Lord wants you to know you're all right. There's some there's some bad devils leaking out of the bottomless pit right now. And, and I'm feeling a swirl of dragons overhead. I really am. I'm feeling a slithering of snake serpents underneath. I'm telling you, like I've never... Me and Brother Phillips talked about it the other day. The only time we felt like this was when in some pagan countries. When we first used to go into Albania and down there in that Africa. And wild beasts, I can feel them stirring around me. They're just almost, you can see the glow of their eyes by the fire that we have. There's a fire in here, and you can see their eyes glowing right out there. And one of the biggest things the enemy's going to swirl around and attack is your mind. <laughs> I read Proverbs this morning. I read from chapter 10 to chapter 31. I Peruse through it on purpose, pulling out the verses on kings and rulers, trying to find wisdom for the hour we're in. And the Lord gave, me, the Lord showed me some things, but in there this morning, uh, one line said, uh, "The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord." And that was the weapons of war, and that was their tanks in those days. That was, you had horses, and you could go into battle. And we do not need, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, and safety is of the Lord. I thank God for it. Thank the Lord. Have y'all found First John 3? The Lord's going to help me. I'm just going to talk to you. The Lord, that's what he wants me to do. <laughs> About being saved. 
And if, and if you're saved, you're safe. Brother uh, Adams, your family, thank the Lord. I, I never heard that song last night, thank you. Oh, wait, that, there's a hundred white stallions stampeded through my soul last night. Whew. I never heard that while ago. There's uh, no place that far. No place that far you can't get away from. I think that was Psalm 139. If I, make my, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I take the wings of the morning, he said, and then the next verse, he said, if I ascend up to heaven, thou art there, behold, he said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Uh, we was at Brother Phillips on Sunday, and I told him about that all bound. Romans 5.20, where sin all bound. Grace did much more. All bound. That all means no, not. People who are all millennialists don't believe in a millennial reign. That absent all is everything. Something's missing. It's not there. And, 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 and people say all. They really don't believe what you're saying. Or what it is. And... Uh, and that, that's what that all. They're just too polite to tell you. So they, they'll just say all. I tell a lot of people that all over the nation. I say all. Now I can't say it to none of y'all. You know my... I got to find another way to lie to your face. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So he said, where sin all bounded. What that means in your, that, that you treated sin, you got in trouble because you had no boundaries. There were boundaries, but you awed them. And you went over the boundary line. And I don't care how far you went. Grace was coming up behind you. And I don't care how far you went in sin, he, he went further. Somewhere in the history of mankind, there was one feller that went further than all of us. Now, I don't know who, I mean, I, there's a sinner. There's a sinner who went further than all of us. And I don't know who it is. Paul said he was. I don't know if he felt like he was or he really was. He could have been the chief of sinners. You don't know why? He's trying to kill the Lord's bride when it was a baby. Ain't nobody else on record of doing that. Friend, you want, to, you, want to, you want somebody to come after you, you mess with that baby. Don't mess with that new Stiltner baby. There's a bunch of them Stiltners. They'd be all over. And the Nims think they're Stiltners. They'll fight you too. Don't mess with that baby. Brother Bud will go back to his old project days there in Dayton, Tennessee. I've heard stories. 
Sir, I heard him tell one man, the man wasn't, you know, the man didn't have much sense. Brother Bud said, sir, I have a roundhouse kick with your name on it. <laughs> I just want to see them legs do a roundhouse by myself right there. Just myself, personally. Somewhere out there is the worst sinner ever was. And the Lord went all the way to him. And then he went further. And he turned around and he came back and he scooped us all <laughs> He got us all. And he carried us to Calvary. I don't care how far you went beyond the boundaries, he went further than your sin. There is no place too far. <laughs> and I've been seeing something you might think, I've told Brother Landon about it. I've never seen this in this church, in this meeting been here almost since the beginning I've never seen so many they're swinging over here never seen y'all shout like that and then a bunch of men they're swinging there's uppercut this is uppercut corner don't come over here and let, if you if you play and don't come over here if you got a southern Baptist grandpa and a Methodist mama you need to stay in that corner Tommy Hold that corner over there for us. We got Tommy and Bill, our two senior citizen missionaries over there. Y'all hold that corner tight. Look over here. I never seen y'all's pastor swinging last night. The men been swinging. Brother Hector over here swinging. Our brother, they're all swinging. Uppercut corner, roundhouse. I'm telling these right hooks, roundhouse. Everybody swing over here. I think, I think it's big bad devils. I'm telling you, I ain't playing. I ain't trying. I ain't trying to be funny. I really believe you've been knocking, and you help me now. I know what the direction that goes, and Atlanta's that way. And then, and I'm telling you, they're trying to come in that side door. And we've been knocking them out. I, I, I don't want it to sound like cussing. I don't mean to cut. Knocking the hell out of the devil. I mean, it's what we're doing. And I, I didn't mean that in a cussing way. I meant it exactly the devil trying to come in with hell. We're coming in from the cities. And they're just, sorry, sorry, you can't come in this meeting. Come on this part. And Holy Ghost men meeting them at the stinking door, knocking, knocking them out. Knocking them back, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the average Baptist church get no deliverance because they ain't no Holy Ghost. They ain't praising God. Southern Baptists are too worldly. Independents are too sidetracked and too proud. Southern Baptists in love of the world. Independent Baptists in love of their self. Y'all ain't helping me. Southern Baptists got their seminaries and left the Holy Scriptures. Independent Baptists got their colleges and left the Holy Spirit. Run out and buy you again. Southern Baptists started their seminaries and they changed the Holy Scriptures. They left the, they left the Holy Scriptures. Independent Baptists started their colleges and they left the Holy Spirit. They all figured out how to do this without God. They figured out how to do this without God. I'm as ashamed as the independent Baptist for the most part as I am Southern Baptist. 
I am. I broke fellowship with a lot of Southern Baptists for what they left the Holy Scriptures. And I broke fellowship with a lot of independent Baptists that left the Holy Scriptures. And I had to break fellowship because it was done broken. And if you go to one of them churches where at 12.05 the pastor's got to let them go or they won't come back, you need to not come back. You need to find a real church and get out of there. I don't care who's in the graveyard. I don't care who your kin to goes down there. You ain't supposed to go to church with your family. You're supposed to go to church with God's family. And if your family's in there with God's family, you're double blessed. You ought to run around the property. You ought to run around the property about 20 minutes. If your family is God's family. That's exactly right. If you pastors and there's churches and preachers here, you letting people run this thing you ought to resign and pray God gives your church a good preacher I'm not trying to be a smart aleck but I've been telling men the last year I'm done playing games I've told a lot of them they said what's wrong with my church I said you need to pray God gives them a good pastor and I've said that to the pastor and they knew I wasn't trying to be ugly so they heard me but I just told them you, you need to pray this church gets a good pastor. I don't know what kind of games you're playing. But church will work if you'll get your pride and your fear out of the way. There's only two things to hold it back, pride and fear. Pride before God and fear before man will, will keep a man from, from being a good preacher, pastor, evangelist. Why didn't you say missionary? Because I don't think there is such a thing as a missionary. I think there's things as preachers being sent. And when you get there, you're going to be an evangelist and a pastor. You've made up that other thing. That's why a lot of folk are out, a lot of folk are out there and they ain't called. Yes, sir. God don't see mission fields. He sees nations. What makes you think America's the headquarters of the, of the kingdom of heaven on earth? That's what Mormons believe. What JWs believe. And the Roman Catholics hold that same view. Y'all ain't helping me. If you're called to preach, you're liable to be sent to Albania as well as Alabama. Help me now. Well, I hadn't been called to be a missionary. Cut off that to be a missionary part and just say, I haven't been called. Well, I hadn't been called to be a missionary. Cut out the to be a missionary part and just tell the truth. I haven't been called. Because if you've been called, you're liable to go anywhere. America ain't no different than the other nations. We're just one of the nations. God sends preachers. Isn't that right, Brother? Sorry, Brother Long. Brother Long. Any man served nearly three decades somewhere like that. We're going to honor. Something wrong with staking outfit. Can't honor nothing but these little self-glorified big shots. Man, give his life somewhere and haphazard his life somewhere for nearly three decades. That's, that's, that's who we're going to honor. Y'all in 1 John 3? Lord, thank you. Thank the Lord. <laughs> what about them uppercuts? This uppercut corner.
That's the Atlanta side. That's even it. That'll take you north Georgia. That'll take you to Atlanta. They're coming in, they're trying to come in. Coming from that direction. They've been uppercutted and right hooked. Some of you, if you get rid of your pride, you'd walk down here and shout it out. Sammy Allen said, if you've never been accused of taking it too far, you've never went far enough. Well, uh, oh, y'all go to that church. Mm-hmm. Every community ought to have a that church. We're down there with polite society who are all going to hell. Oh, you go to that church. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to that heaven. I serve, and we serve that God. What do you think about that, Brother Stroud? That's good, ain't it? Right, go to that church. You know what they told me around there, over there, up in the mountains? Some of his best men, two or three of them said, said, we're hated in our community by the other churches for the most part. All them little old dead mountain churches, little old compromising preachers while they're over there, he would never talk like that. He's a gentleman. You know, Dr. Percy Ray said they wouldn't come to his meeting. Everybody within a 60-mile radius. There's a price to pay to, pay to be that church. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you. I'm in 1 John 3. Just going to talk to you. The Lord give me some things. I'm just going to share them. 1 John 3. Verse 19. And hereby we know. <laughs> oh, I need a little help right there. I, I didn't give you no time to process. but Thank God we know. And hereby we know. As you know, John was the last remaining apostle. He was the old, probably a long white beard. I'll be a good head of white hair. And all the others had been martyred. Peter, Paul, they'd all been martyred. They had one little old apostle left. They tried to kill him, but they couldn't. They boiled him in oil, but he'd already been had some hot oil poured on him. Brother Long, tell me what you think about this. They couldn't kill old Brother John because Brother John, he was the only one that went to Calvary. And he's the only one they couldn't kill. You can't kill folks that's done been by Calvary. They already crucified. And God left him around. Brother Turner, what a blessing you've been coming into the meeting. And you know, John was so special. He was the only one that acted spiritual before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord pulled him over there and said, John, I got something I need for you to do. It's so small. You're the only one I can trust. 
And he gave him a rest home ministry. With one member. I'd have took my most spiritual preacher and turned the world upside down, but the Lord took his best one and said, come here. We'll give you a rest home ministry with one member. He probably buried her, and he probably come out there, buried the mother of Jesus, and he come out and started a children's church. Seven times, First John says, my little children, Boys, if you're waiting on something big, you're going to wait until you die. The Lord's never looked down here and seen anything large. But He has looked down here and seen a lot of things that were a big deal to Him. Even though they were little. John says, my little children. 26 times the word no in one form or the other. And hereby we know that we are... And I want to say this to you. The old-timey Baptists have the old-timey shout. It comes from the wellspring of your heart. It's not the charismatic, flaky, helium-sucking voice. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Anybody come to here act like that, take a bat and hit them upside the head. I mean, not literally, but give them one of them Holy Ghost uppercuts we've been working on this week. When, when your men are, are not shouting and your women are carrying the worship vocally, you've got it flipped backwards. You're nearly charismatic. When the men are silent and the women are leading the worship, a woman filled with the Holy Spirit will have a meek and quiet spirit. She'll weep in worship and the Lord may turn her loose and let her shout. It'll be so appropriate. You give me a you give me a you give me a church where the men are not carrying the worship. You're already charismatic. Sorry for you. This contemporary spirit makes the men effeminate. They got to talk soft and be nice, and it gives the women boldness. They take over their homes. They take over their churches. They start Bible studies. They get on social media and become social media pastors. Talking about women, y'all ain't helping me. It's truth. It's an effeminate spirit. It's a backward spirit. The Holy Ghost moves in a place. People that are on their feet, God will put them on their face. And people that are on their face, God will raise them up to their feet. Women will act like the ladies and men will act like the man when the Holy Ghost fills a place. I'm in verse 19, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemn us. So you've got no lying heart. Matthew, I think it's 15, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. And, and all kind of evil thoughts. Go read that list. Your heart's lying to you. If our heart condemns, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Don't follow your heart. Follow the Bible. And knoweth all things. Then you get that kind of victory. You go to verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemneth not, then have we confidence toward God. 
Then you get that kind of help. In verse 22, you go to praying. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments. Do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now the word keep there does not mean observe and obey perfectly the law. It means to hold it and cherish it. Y'all ain't helping me. You remember when they lost Jesus at the temple in three days and then when they found him and he said, I must be about my father's business. And it said that Mary kept all those things. She kept the sayings of Jesus. There was nothing there to obey. There was no law to follow. She just heard his words and cherished them in her heart. Let me tell you when you'll start living that book is when you start loving that book. Now, the Lord wants you to be assured. Now, come over to chapter 4 and verse 17. Mm, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world I'm in him he's in me there is no fear in love but perfect love cast at that what's the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is mm-hmm, it's love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment the Lord don't want you to live torment Child of God, the Lord doesn't want you to live tormented. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I love this next verse. We love him because. But then read the next line. He first loved us. Period. You young, new Christians, circle that because we had a cause to love him. He had no cause to love us. He knew we were made out of dirt. And I need to quote it right. We wasn't even good as dirt. Somebody tell me the right word. Dust! I heard a man of God do a word study the difference in dirt and dust. Dirt at least can be could stick together but dust don't have enough value in it to even be able to hold itself together dirt's better than us we couldn't hold it together but he formed man of the dust of the ground amen amen keeps you from falling apart by him all things consist now I want to talk about this. See chapter 5 verse 11. This is the record that God hath in the power already given to us eternal life. He's not going to take it back. Verse 12. The Lord wanted you to believe the gospel so much he gave you a verse with no, Brother Bud, not one double syllable word in here. He wanted the smallest child. You ready? He, that, Hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. 
and no double syllables. Don't you be moved away from the simplicity that's in Christ. Oh, there are profound riches and unsearchable treasures and there are depths we'll never mine and heights we'll never reach and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. But don't ever get moved away from the simplicity. You as a sinner, he loved you too much to let you go to hell. He came and died on the cross and he died for you and he ain't playing mind games with you. He's not trying to trick you. He's not trying to trap you. Honey, your faith ain't even gotta be good faith. Just a mustard seed. Joe Parsons said, if the Lord even said, Brother Michael, did you get... Brother White, did you get to be around Joe Parsons? Back in those days, in those old days, Brother Joe Parsons said, he said, if the Lord even sees a little seed of faith in one little soul, he said, and here I quote, and I'll try to use his tone, because he would just talk in conversation. But when he got to that part, he got worked up and said, he'll turn hell upside down to honor that faith and not let that sinner go there. One little seed of faith. There ain't nothing about you got to work good to get saved. Your repentance can be all messed up theologically, but if in the core of your soul you're sorry for your sin and you want to turn to Him, He'll take that. If your faith is surrounded, you got a mustard seed of faith surrounded by an ocean of unbelief, He'll take that. <laughs> Everything about you is messed up. Ain't nothing about you. They're your very best is that filthy rags. It ain't your righteousness. Not on either side of Calvary is it your righteousness. See, we're in chapter 5. And I love verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. What do y'all think about that? There are two ways you'll know you're saved and it won't be because I said you'll know you're saved. Y'all tell people all day long how they can know they're saved. They'll never know it because you said it. The Holy Spirit bears witness. That's just fact. And in the Holy Scriptures is what you're standing on. And the Holy Spirit won't give you a vision or a revelation or you're drowning in the pool and somebody pulled you out when you were seven. Glad they did, but that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. You're saved because the scriptures say. What kind of authority do the scriptures have? Well, Jesus quoted them all the time. All right, here's my thoughts. Go to Hebrews 6. I'm just kidding. I'm not ready for my thoughts. Go to Hebrews 6. Everybody see verse 11? Hebrews 6, 11. Y'all see it? I still hear the, the old black preacher said, I still hear the rustling of the leaves on the tree of life. Yeah. Most of my friends are using electronics, and I'm, I'm not upset with you about it, but I, I like to hear the rustling. I like, I like the folks to be able to take a leaf, take a leaf, chew on it for a month. Hebrews 6, 11. Y'all start chewing on these pages, you can quit chewing your tobacco. 
Don't tell me that nicotine ain't your master. Don't be talking to me about all them gateway things and people following you and watching what you're doing. Your kids kick up, pick up a crack pipe because you picked up a tobacco bag. I know we're in the country. Ain't nothing supposed to be your master except the Holy Ghost. These leaves are the only thing powerful enough to overcome addictions. Everybody say, well, what about chocolate? What about sugar? Yep, that's ruling. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You drive by the street corner down there and you see your, your son. You see him standing there with a candy bar. How upset you going to be? You see him there with a cigarette. How much upset are you going to be? You see him down there on the corner where they're getting heroin and crack. How much upset are you going to be? Don't be throwing at me that Coca-Cola is the same addiction as, 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 as alcohol and cocaine. Don't defend your habit by trying to say something else is a sin. In your Bible, the only time that gluttony, any time you see gluttony, it's always in reference to drinking. The Lord established seven feasts and told his people to have feasts with lots of eating. The biblical sin of gluttony. And by the way, John came fasting, but Jesus came feasting. That's for the little smart alecks in the corner who say, well, I know I've done that, but look at you. You're not, that ain't biblical. God made men, and I'm not even being funny. I know, I mean, I know some things are funny. But people are all different sizes and shapes. Do you know in your read your Bible? You know old men got fat, and it was and it was a fact. You read your Bible. The old men got heavy, and it was a sign of blessing when God judged a people who gave them cleanness of teeth and leanness of bones. Don't be throwing up. Well, y'all eat a lot. Yep. So did Jesus. My Bible said he came feasting. I was going to say put that in your pipe and smoke it, but we're trying to get rid of pipes at this particular. That would have been kind of a little double standard right there. Sorry about that. Oh. Did you ever feel like you wished you hadn't asked your friends to gather around you, Brother Kelly? At times, at times. Hey, one of the reasons that you're doubting your salvation is because you have other masters in your life. I'm just running a rabbit. You're hanging on to something that God told you to turn it loose. You ain't going to get no fullness of joy and full assurance. 
And there are a lot of things that are not sins, but they are weights. And then there are some things that the Lord will actually tell one man to do and tell another man not to do. He may tell you to not do something or do something that he ain't never told nobody else, but you and him. He's wanting to be the Lord. But I don't know if I'm saved. Well, the Lord's wondering why you're not acting like it, so He ain't going to let you know it until you start acting like it. What, you wanted a Savior and not a Master? Y'all talk to me. You could have a food. You could have food rules, and you need to go on a fast and let God break that bondage. Full assurance. The Lord wants us to have full assurance. Hebrews 6. May, it, see, see, see. May not be, you may not have full assurance until he, has, he fully has you. The Lord may let you wonder if you're saved or not because he's wondering why you ain't acting like it. God ain't upset just because you're upset. I don't know if I'm saved. The Lord will be like, yeah. And when do you want to do it? Wait as long as you want. See Hebrews 6. Look in verse 11. We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. What about God putting full assurance in the chapter where all the Pentecostal people try to lose their salvation? That's interesting. Lord knew what they was going to do. First six verses, they do their best to lose their salvation. And so the Lord just puts full assurance right in the middle of that chapter. Y'all ain't helping me. And by the way, it's in verse 11, which is the number of chaos and confusion. He put full assurance right in there. And then just so you'd be okay with everything, he gave you verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation, anybody needing some confirmation, is to them an end of all strife. And, then, and, and I can't read these other verses or I'll preach three hours. Look in verse 18. By two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We right in the chapter where they try to lose their salvation. We have a strong consolation. In verse 19, right in the chapter where they all the Pentecostal confusion of the 1900 try to get people to lose their salvation, he said, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Somebody needs to get in the corner and knock one of them devils back to Atlanta. Hey, I like the uppercut corner. Go to 2 Timothy 1. Y'all doing all right? Brother Stroud, is what the Lord told me to do. No structure, no outline. Look, buddy told me to write them thoughts. So I wrote them down. 2 Timothy. 
Mm. Just go there and stay there. Lord, help me. That's where I'm going to end up. Y'all in 2 Timothy 1? I'm going to read it to you first. Look in verse 12. Mm. Well, look in verse 7. Just notice that. <laughs> For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. By the way, quick comment on love. If you got that old flaky, charismatic group hug, come by, yeah. We, we love everybody. That ain't the love of God. If you love what God loves, you will hate what God hates. Went through my Bible, went through my Bible, brother, and made a list of everything God hated. And I told God I hate it too. That list is somewhere. It was over 20 things that God hates. I told him, I hate it too. Didn't know what half of it meant, but I'm sure I, that I hate it. God has not given us the spirit of fear, power, love. See, the love of God is the most powerful force on this earth. Sound man. Mm. Mm. Look in verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. See, he said in verse 11, I'm a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And so the next line is, I also suffer these things. Hey, one quick little side note. The Lord's going to put a bunch of y'all in the ministry. He's going to put you in the church. He's going to put, whether he calls you to preach or calls you to, to you, you, bunch of y'all. God's filled y'all with the Holy Ghost. We'll say something. Y'all ought to run around this property for half an hour. God has filled this church with the Holy Ghost. Thank the Lord for it. That's why I sat up here and just had so much fun and cried and shouted. I felt like I was on a holy roller coaster. Just, just, just an absolute iron 20-minute, the greatest time of my life. What the Lord's done around here. It ain't nothing to fix. Worked on this place a long time, the Lord has. That's ready for fruit. Fruit. So God called in the ministry. How about everybody that went to Kansas? I was talking to a brother back then. Where's my other brother? He disappeared. He's here, but I always find him 20 minutes later. What about a bunch of y'all went out to Kansas? Crossed the Mississippi and ran into a bunch of devils, didn't you? Got a little taste of ministry, ain't skipping rope. Hey, you were serving the Lord. Pink tea and lemonade. Here's a bouquet of flowers. Thank you. What a wonderful day. There you are. Keep hiding. God's called this church to start giving Western ministry, a tent ministry. Ain't no telling what all is going to come out of this thing. 30 or 40 of y'all come out there to minister to men like Brother Turner. I'm so glad I got to hear a choir singing tonight. The Holy Ghost Choir. I've gone out there several years. Don't tell my other Kansas buddies and my other Nebraska and Oklahoma. Don't tell my other. Caleb always running. I've been going out there 19 years. I've only known him maybe eight years, Caleb. He'll run. He'll get in the meetings. He'll back me. He's the only one that'll run. In the last two years, one or two more decided to help us a little. He'd run by himself. 
Y'all ain't here. He'd been running by himself. He'd been running by himself. He'll go by with them boots and that belt buckle and, and, they, and it shocks half of them and then half of them think it's silly and then some of them make fun of him, but he'd, run, he'd been running by himself. Been running by himself. Do you know how good I felt when 20 boys ran tonight? Thank God. The Lord let him know he ain't running by himself. And he's here. There's a man been out there stationed in a lonely, lonely station. And he's here because this church is beginning some ministries. But when y'all got out there, you ran into a wall of devils, didn't you? Welcome to the ministry. Come on over here for the witch calls. We're going to suffer. We'll find, and, and, and in a little while, we'll, we'll only be able to use real Christians. If you got personal feelings and, and, and your space got messed up, you got a nice day. Yeah. You need to stay at the house and go to Walmart. Yeah. Go to Atlanta on Friday. Then people are more like you than you're, than you're like us. The ministry is for Christians who when they get on the front line and begin to suffer, real Christians begin to rejoice. They're like, look what I get to do for him. He bled for me. We're getting to bleed for him. It's so wonderful. What the Lord fixed to bring out of this place. And these boys ain't just getting full of the Holy Ghost. They're getting grounded, too. That's going somewhere. God will never be able to use you until unless you know you're saved. And you got her nailed down. Now let's read it in verse 12. Y'all doing all right? For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. That meant he wasn't confused, he wasn't afraid, he wasn't trying to hide because he didn't understand anything going on. That meant what a shame. For I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able. I was like, well, I'm not able. Good, join the rest of us. He is. He is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You can't lose your salvation. You ain't got it. He's got it. Here's my thoughts. I've been up here 23 minutes. It don't matter. It's camp meeting, but aren't you glad to know that I know? I grew up in church. There's a lot of them fellows didn't know, and I wish they knew. Oh, Lord. Sir, you, you, you're actually working against the kingdom now. You're actually working against the kingdom at this point, sir. That's what I wanted to say to a lot of them. Round three. I didn't even want to go to church anymore. <laughs> it's like you're hurting the cause. Hush. When I get to hurting the cause, I'll quit, okay? Scout's honor, solemn. Well, I ain't going to drop Let me give you these thoughts. I think I can do it rapidly now. Anybody that's wrestling with the doubts and the fears of their salvation, hey, I want to tell you one thing. You ain't the only one. There's actually probably half of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
You want to know why Satan attacks your salvation? Because there ain't nothing else there for him to attack. When the devil constantly tries to beat up somebody for doubting about their salvation, it's usually because they don't have other things in their life. People holding on to these habits and living in these sins, Satan will not come and bother you. He's got you where you're under his bond. You don't even belong to him, and he's got you in bondage. The people that I see wrestling with, and they desire to be saved, they, they hope they're saved, they want to be saved, they beg God. We're not talking about somebody playing a game. We're not talking about a hypocrite. Like, oh, God, please, if I'm not saved. That's who I'm talking about. Why do you think the devil's picking on you? Because he ain't got you. You don't belong to him. You don't serve him. The reason he's messing with you. He's messing with you because he ain't got you. Some of you wrapped up in all kind of stuff. He ain't going to talk to you. He's got you where he wants you. The devil says, let's not mess this. Let's not mess this guy up. I've got this guy. He's ineffectual. He's been set free and he's allowed himself to be put back in bond. I ain't going to tell him that he ain't right with God. I'm afraid he'll get right with God. I'll be honest with you. If Satan don't ever bother you, you need to be really afraid. Now, for people who have this wrestling and this fear, and a lot of times it comes back to plague and haunt you. Here's my first thought. People who have this kind of problem, they will not get their deliverance in a service. You're going to get your deliverance in a service. There's too many of us around messing with your head. We can't help you. No. I'm not God your Father. I'm not God your Savior. I'm not God your Holy Spirit. You won't get your deliverance in a service. You'll get your deliverance in a scripture. And 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 the overwhelming odds are you're not gonna get that you're not even gonna get that scripture in a service. Let me tell you where the Lord's gonna help you. Out yonder somewhere. You're seeking him. He's going to show you something. And then he's going to whisper and he's going to say that. That's, that I'm telling you that. And then you're going to say, that, me? He's going to say, uh-huh, you. You're mine. You say, I'm yours. Uh-huh, you have been ever since you came to me. And, and then you and then you can say, "Oh Lord." And about the minute you say, "I believe it," I believe you. Imagine that putting your trust in His promise. There was an old boy praying one night, and we were in a spiritual service. By the way, the more spiritual the service, the more confused people get. The more, hey, the more spiritual the church, the more these people fight this battle. I'm going to run that by again. The more spiritual the service, the more confused these people get. Because they say, oh, what's happening? 
How come I'm not screaming like that sister? How come I, how come I didn't run like, like Dylan runs? How come I didn't run? How, how, come, uh, how come hot tears ain't rushing out like that guy? The more spiritual the service, these people get more confused. Because they say, why am I not feeling what they're feeling? You don't even know what we're feeling. And you don't know what we felt when we got up that morning. Wiping boogers out of our eyes and wondering if, there, if the Bible was even from God or not. You ask these men of God, leave some of the most spiritual services before midnight and have the most awful attacks from hell. This thing ain't hinging on how you feel. It's hinging on what he said. The more spiritual the service and the more spiritual the church. Did you know you can go down there to a dead, worldly, southern Baptist church and ain't nobody down there doubting their salvation? They ain't rational with nothing. The Lord ain't there. And the devil ain't there. You got her sewed up tight. There ain't no. They're, they're planning to. You know, we're gonna have volleyball instead of church, and you know, let's all watch, go watch this movie, and then have a cancer walk, and then Habitat for Humanity. And not one person. Like, I don't know if I'm saved or not. They ain't none of them saved, and they all don't know it. There might be some of them born again, but oh, how pitiful. Are y'all with me? See, we get in meetings like this and God comes in the room and so does the devil. Satan only shows up where God shows up. Read your Bible. He's having a bad week this week. There's an uppercut corner. Right hook heaven. I'm praying the Lord gets on Brother Bud and he gets over here and he goes to that roundhouse kicking stuff. I think you ought to try it, and if God ain't in it, I just think God will get in it. I want to see him do it. <laughs> see, in a real, real meet, great conviction will come on the place. And people will say, oh, I think I'm under conviction. Well, yeah, we all are. We're all in one place assembled under a heavy cloud of the, weight, glory, the weighty glory of God and we're all under conviction. Don't mean you're lost. It just means we're under the heaviness of God. You're not going to get your deliverance in a service. Old boy hit that altar. He was 16. I've done he's down there 45 minutes. By the way, another little tip. When you got to talk to somebody 25 minutes, they ain't going to get no help. You talk longer than two minutes. You done wasted your time. Truth is, the minute that that foot, I'm coming, Lord. That was theirs when they got saved. Your talking didn't do nothing but cloud the air up. Well, we want to take the Bible and show them the Scriptures. Obviously, somebody did. Here they are. Show them tomorrow morning what the Bible says. When you come to Christ, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. 
Get your silly Southern Baptist Billy Graham counselor sessions out of the way. We're taking them off in a side room. We're taking them off in a, yeah, and hear yourself talk for 45 minutes. The poor old sinner wished he could lay on the altar and holler for help. Carting them off in a side room. You half Catholic or half charismatic? Which one is it? Somebody said, well, them Billy Graham crusades were something. I'll tell you something. He cooperated with the Roman Catholic Church and they were under orders. Every, every liberal church in the entire city was under orders. When they gave the altar call, they were all to stand up and go. You better check the gospel out. You better check out what's really happening. You take more people to Rome than you take them to home. I'd hate to know I put a hundred people in heaven and a million people in hell. That ain't the kind of ministry that's fireproof. carting somebody off in a side room. You ain't never seen an altar. You ain't never smelled an altar. You ain't never heard of an altar. What about the Ethiopian eunuch? Reading the Bible, trying to understandest thou what thou readest? He said, I need, I can't understand. I need some man to guide me. No Philip got it, but the Holy Ghost has sent Philip to preach it to him. And the old boy believed and got saved. He said, I want to get baptized. Here's some water. Let's get it on. That black man went back down to Ethiopia and obviously taught black people how to have church because <laughs> they can have church. You won't get your deliverance in a service. You're going to get it in a scripture. There could be a rare exception. God touched somebody in the service and they win that victory. But this thing's got to be between you and God not you and us. And you people that love to talk and yepity, yepity, yepity. I question your salvation. How do you think you can explain it into? I'm worried about yours. If they're coming to Christ, somebody's done been preaching and witnessing. Y'all doing all right? got tickled about this. I made this note. Every church usually has about five or ten people. <laughs> and we're all doubting their salvation for them. <laughs> How come in a church the people who need to doubt their salvation never do? I, I, and the one or two people who are doubting it the rest of us are pretty sure if anybody's saved, they're saved. <laughs> it's the ones that doubted that we're not doubting it. I don't even counsel half these people. They think I have no compassion. Yeah, you're fine. Let's go get a milkshake. I don't even know if I'm saved. Yeah, I know you don't, but hey, there's, they got milkshakes on sale. Come on, man. What's you going to help me? Nah, you got a place next to me at the marriage supper already. Go find God. You'll figure some things out. I don't count so half of them. One old boy come up to me and said, Preacher, I'm doubting my salvation. I said, How could you if you didn't have it? Let's go get a milkshake. I said, Did you hear what you just said to me? You said, My salvation. Enjoy it. You can mix flavors at cookout. Come on. 
Write this down. Satan has never tried to get a sinner to be afraid that he's not saved. Satan has never tried to get a lost sinner to be afraid that he's not saved. If Satan's telling you you're not saved and you're confused, that's how I know you are. Next question pops up. How do I know this is not the Holy Spirit telling me? Because he's good at it. The Holy Spirit tells you, you're lost. Guess what? You don't wrestle for a decade with it. Immediately. Somebody throw the word at me. What's the work of the Holy Spirit? The, the great work of conviction. It means convincing. He convinces. Can, can I say this to you? When the Holy Ghost comes to convince you, be good at it. You won't be confused for a decade. You'll be convinced right when he says it. That's how you know the difference. The Holy Spirit will convince you right now. And he'll say, you're lost. He told my mama for five weeks, you're lost. And then she told everybody, I'm lost. And then the Lord said, well, you was till you said that. Now you ain't no more. I'm lost and I want to be saved. And the Holy Spirit will tell you you're saved and Satan will tell you you're lost. You're living in confusion. Guess who's authored that? Corinthians in the same section where he said quit babbling in tongues and all the women be quiet in church is where he said God is not the author of Thank you. I'm going to say this. The gospel invitation is not a fraud. It's not a hoax. And he said, whosoever will, let him come. That's what he meant. Okay. Talk about this. I'm almost done. i got two things. What about people who are afraid they've crossed a line? Satan strangles people with this one. Oh, I'm wanting to get saved. I want to be, I'm trying to be saved, but I'm afraid. He dealt with me for the last time. And they heard maybe God's three deadlines, or they've heard somebody put it in their mind. If you walk out tonight, it's your last chance, and then the rest of oh, it's my last chance. Let me expound that for a moment. If you're concerned that you've crossed a line, that's how I know you have it. When people cross a deadline with God, they don't come to services like this and try to get saved. They'll spit in God's face. They'll have a reprobated heart. They'll laugh in the face of death. And they'll be like the men in the book of Revelation when the mountains are falling on them and hell's erupting underneath them and the stars are falling around them. They'll still not repent of their sorceries, fornications, murders, and lies. They'll shake their fist in the face of God. If you got a tender soul anywhere that's saying, I'm afraid I crossed the line, you didn't.
the blasphemy in Matthew 12, but he that blasphemeth the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven him? I don't even think it's possible to commit that sin in the church age. The blasphemy against the Holy Ghost was when, listen carefully, is when the Jewish leaders, looking at Jesus, knowing he was Jesus, did not want to relinquish their kingdom and turned to others and told others, that's Lucifer. And he's operating in the spirit of Beelzebub, knowingly, knowingly, looking him in the face, knowing he was the Son of God, and trying to convince others that it's Lucifer. I'm not even sure you can blaspheme against the, that particular blasphemy against the, I'm not even sure you can do it myself. J. Harold Smith preached crossing God's three deadlines, and that is not the same thing. It's two different things. Somebody say, preacher, I'm afraid I've crossed the line. If you're afraid of it, you haven't. People who've crossed the line, they don't fear God. They don't want to get saved. What about Esau? In Hebrews 12. He sought repentance carefully with tears, but he would not be heard, would not be found. Oh, preacher, I'm afraid I'm Esau. Can I take 20 seconds to tell you about Esau? He wasn't crying to God. And he wasn't sorry for his sin. He was crying to his earthly father, and he was sorry for his loss. He was a profane person. You go back and read it. He wasn't crying to God, and he wasn't repenting of his sin. He was crying to his daddy because he wanted his inheritance. Y'all ain't helping me. Judas didn't have true repentance. He repented himself because he lost. He thought he was going to get the throne from Jesus and the money bag. He would play both sides and he lost both sides. And, he went, and if he would have went to the real high priest, the Lord may have forgiven him. Why did he go to the high priest down there? The Jew? He went down there because he's trying to get some money back. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you. If the devil is tormenting your mind, you've gone too far. You're afraid you've gone too far. That's how I know you have. Let's go back. Are y'all at 2 Timothy 1? I'm going to close. Everybody doing all right? Mm. I'll say, say something to you. Why does God allow these faith crises? These men of God up here, y'all answer me that Brother Stroud, you two evangelists, tell them, tell them that we sit down with a lot of pastors who will open up and weep and tell them that they wrestle with the assurance of their salvation. telling you the more spiritual you are the more he'll attack why would God allow a faith crisis two reasons number one he wants you in that struggle 
If you're in that struggle, He is allowing it. You know what you're going to do? You're going to get so desperate that you get in your Bible and try to find answers. Y'all ain't helping me. You're going to get so desperate, you're going to get in a secret place of prayer and try to find answers. And He's going to be over there saying, Keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming in the Bible. Keep coming in the secret place. Keep coming to me in prayer. God wants you in that great struggle because He wants you to fall into His lap eventually. He can hold you close. Number two, the reason He's got you in a faith crisis is because He knows He's going to give you victory and deliverance. And He knows you're going to come across 10,000 people times 10,000 in your journey. That are gonna, and you're going to be able to help them. You're going to be able to help them. You're going to be able to help them. Let me tell you the two kinds of people that really struggle with the assurance of their salvation. People that get saved out of drugs and alcohol and people that get saved out of church and religion. Which is all the sinners. People that get saved out of the crack house and people that get saved out of the church house. One of them has such a bad past that they wrestle with it and the other one has such a bad present that they wrestle with it. I'm done with this. Y'all all right? Man, I'm only 45 minutes. I felt like a liberal. I accidentally watched Osteen last Sunday for 10 minutes. It may have got on me. I was in the shower. I didn't know he was in the, in, on the telly, but he was. And I actually looked for a minute, got a little interested. I was tempted, but I gave it up right before I got started. Gave it up on the spot. Gave it up. Nope. Nope. He's too pretty. Men are not supposed to be pretty. That ain't going to work. You can look on, on this stage up here and say, God ain't into using pretty men. Just look, just look all around you. Look all around you. Look all around you. I don't know, Brother Bud's looking pretty sharp in that church of God little kind of thing going on in there. Looking good. Looking good. Brother Adams. Brother Adams is the only evangelist I know who is a sweater vest evangelist. I just think it's so cool. I just, I've, oh, I wore, I've took him to a meeting every week and I just can't do it at the end. I take it off. I don't have the courage. He's our sweater vest evangelist. I think it's awesome. I'm so kind to my friends. Look in verse 12. I want to show you all something. If anybody can take it, you know them too right there can take it. Look in verse 12. He said, I am not ashamed. Is everybody looking in verse 12? I'm going to be done in seven minutes. Six minutes I'll be done. I'll be done in five minutes. Is everybody looking at that? Let's, let's, make, care, let's make sure we've got a King James Bible. Right in the middle of it. For I know, for I know what I have believed. Huh? Oh, that's my ESV. I just got off social media and I switched by accident. Did you get saved because of what you believe? Oh, let's try again. Let's try again. Uh, for I know, I'm not ashamed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that. For I know... Uh, when I have believed. Oh. Well, I thought you had to know when. 
Because that was the big thing in the South. You can't write a song or have a good testimony without knowing when. Let me try again, Pastor Ronald. For, for I know how I have believed. I believe just exactly right. I did the how just right. Prayed good, cried good, flopped on the altar 45 minutes, run out and kicked a tree over. Huh? How? We've got a little problem in North Jordan and it's killed two generations. They don't know them know if they're saved or not. They've been told to trust their conviction instead of trusting their Christ. I said it in the pulpit. Wouldn't be an ugly or smart aleck, but I said it in the pulpit. In two locations. Let me tell you something. You ain't trusting how you got saved. All the church kids see they think they gotta do it just right or it didn't work. I don't want to hear your conviction testimony. I want to hear your salvation testimony. I need to talk about that for a minute. Salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. Let's see if I can do this in 20 seconds. I was praying in the swamps in the 90s. We was out there, 40 of our men, getting ready for our camp meeting. Mosquitoes carry you off there. Between Jacksonville and Gainesville, where I pastored. Old South Georgia Deacon got to shouting a little bit. He's all laid out, laid in the swamp, laid in the, the swamp. On our stomachs praying, on our backs praying, calling on God. Four of the men crawled over in the median between the highways. It's, it's just, old South Georgia Deacon got the weak. He said, You see that? Pointed at a thicket of pine. Shout. I said, No, sir. I don't see. There was one pine. And a breeze. One solitary breeze was moving one time. The rest of them were still. He said, My old daddy showed me that. He said, God can come along with a breeze so tender and just save one little soul. <laughs> and then he said, and that was the same year I think we had Hurricane, was it Hugo? Went through the middle of Florida. I don't know how many miles wide, all the way from the ocean to the Gulf, and and millions of trees were smashed down. I got news for y'all. God can save five thousand of you in one night with the most amazing service you've ever seen, or God can come along and touch one little heart. I don't care if you got in on a hurricane or if you got in on a little breeze. Just be glad that you got in. Thank God. If you was in hell's angels and 500 of you got saved in prison one night, or if you was a little kid in a Sunday school room and you're little, nobody even knew you got saved, your little old heart said, Lord. The how don't mean a rip. The how. I'm going to show it to you. Y'all got two minutes for me right here? Hurry up. Go to Acts 9. Hurry. Book of Acts. You got to see this. How did Paul get saved? Acts 9. Good night. The heavens open. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Put a finger in Acts 16. 
Acts 9, Acts 16. Y'all good? Hurry up. Acts 16. Acts 9. Got it? I got mine. Y'all got it? I still hear the tree of life rustling. Nearly there? Acts 9 and Acts 16. I'm going to show you something, and I'm going to eat them flyers, and I'm going to run to town and shout. I'm fixing to. I want to get my uppercuts in, boy. I ain't got them in yet. Acts 9. How'd Paul get saved? God knocked him off his donkey. Other people heard thunder. The heavens opened. God speaking. See Acts 9, verse 3. Suddenly, as he journeyed, he came to Damascus. Suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Oh, my goodness. Whew. Now, y'all in Acts 16? Look how he saved Lydia. He saved that old boy. He saved Paul by opening the heavens and shaking the earth. Now, you're going to watch a well-to-do woman, proper woman. Look in Acts 16, verse 14. Well, let's get verse 13 in there. I'm almost done tonight, and I, and, and I don't think anybody cares. I don't care. But look in verse 13. Acts 16, 13. And on the Sabbath, church day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. So Lydia goes to the prayer meeting on church day. She's a good, she's a good woman, religious woman, praying woman. She wants God. Then this was a habit. Want to be made. This was a habit. And, uh, and the preachers went down there and spake unto the women, which resorted. That meant they went down there on that river bank and, to, and had prayer often. Y'all ain't helping me. I'm in verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. And she heard us. Whose heart? When God saved Paul, the hurricane winds blew and it blew 13 epistles, 14 epistles into the New Testament. It blew the gospel across three continents. It blew half of the world into heaven. But there's a nice proper lady down in a prayer meeting. And I see her as reclined on the grass. Modest, proper, respectful. A couple of preachers walk by. How y'all doing? Talking about the Lord. How you about the gospel? I don't even know if she changed elbows. One little pine. <laughs> I don't care if the heavens opened when God saved you or if there's just a little opening in your heart and he stepped in that open, turned around and pulled it together. <laughs> and she's still on the elbow. She may have sat up. <laughs> it's not I know how I have no 
What is it, people? Hallelujah. It don't matter if you know where, if you know when, if you know what you believe. I'll tell y'all something. There were some people walked down the aisles at a Billy Graham crusade and they got saved. It didn't matter the how and the what was going on. And some of them walked in. They didn't care about nothing that they wanted in. There were people that would go to the Vatican and they're not there for religion. They're not there for money. And, and, and God will have to shove aside 10,000 devils, but he'll see one little repentance in <laughs> Brother Stroud, I'll never forget you getting tore up when we went in the Vatican. Remember that last chapel on the right? We stepped in, and there was a boy in there big as you, big as our brother. Me and you standing on that back wall watching all them devils in hell in that Vatican. And there's a big old boy. Did I lose Hector? I don't know where Hector Hector. He looked Peruvian. He looked a lot like, and that boy was bigger than Brother Mark. And got on his hands and knees, and he was squalling and trying to pray. And Brother Mark said, he started crying, and he said, I can't take it. Brother Mark said, I can't take this. And he went, seeing that boy, he had compassion. He couldn't take it. Let me tell you something. It ain't how. It's whom. I know whom. I need to illustrate this before we give an altar call. I have a sister, an older sister. I have a wife, a beautiful wife. They got saved in opposite ways. My sister was raised in a great preacher's home. She made a profession, I think, when she was seven. And then she got scared in a tent meeting and she made another profession when she was nine. And then she got confused when she was 12 and she got made another profession. And then she got in some trouble when she was 16. And she said, I'm pretty sure I'm not saved. And then, and then by that time, she had five professions. And then the deal was, if I've had five, and I don't even know when or which one, I can't be saved. And then I'm trying to get saved again, and all that other time I wasn't saved. And that, I one great old big confusion. My wife, Jennifer, her daddy was a rebel, a black sheep. His daddy was a deacon in an old German Baptist church, the Plymouth Brethren up in Virginia, way back in the day. He went to Florida to live in sin. Worked on death row. Sinned every way a wicked man could sin. My wife Jennifer grew up in a state house under the shadow of death row. And they was drinking and cussing and adultery and pain and hell. And one day her sister said, there's a new preacher over here where my boyfriend goes. You come here. And she walked in the door and she came four Sundays and on the fifth Sunday she came back at night and a, 
and a preacher's family dropped in on us and a girl named Mary sang, I want us to be together in heaven. And she is singing that. And I'd only known Jennifer for five weeks and God saved her that night. Let me tell you something. She has a when. She has a where. She has a what. She has a how. That stuff don't mess with her. It was, and I'm not being ugly again, it was hell one day and heaven the next, and she ain't never got over the change. It was real dark for a long time, and it was real bright the rest of the time, and she ain't never. She gets, the only time she gets confused is when church kids get confused, and she's confused about them. And she says, why did they not, how do they not know? Not everybody has a Damascus road. If the heavens ever open and rattle real good, you'll never forget it. But it's hard to see the tree when you were born in its branches. Hard to see the altar. Hard to come to the altar when your parent doesn't laid you on it. In most church kids, they grow up and they had five professions, and every one of them was sincere. And then some flamboyant evangelist to tell them, "Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Go order some pancakes and stay there for a year." Oh boy, ain't you something? Please sign my Bible and my shoulder blade. Here's a sharpie. You're amazing. Confusing everybody. Some of, you, some of them are confusing them with easy believing, and some of them confusing them with hard believing. Can't nobody be saved but them and their wife. Everybody else has got to be saved. What about all of us that done come to the Lord? My sister sat on the floor in a hallway in a dormitory in Pensacola Christian College. She held that Bible out and she said, God, I don't care when. I don't care if you ever tell me which time you took me. I'm taking you and you got me. And she don't need a when or a where. She has Jesus. She has whom. And Jennifer says, I have whom. And I'll tell you when and where. Don't be confused because your journey is different than somebody else's. If you were saved out of hell's angels and people write songs about you, we want to hear it. We love it. That's so wonderful. But if you got saved out of heaven's angels and it was just a little heart opening and you was a church kid and you went outside the night after you got saved, nobody even knew it. And you throwed rocks at a tree and played with the other church kids till one of you got a whipping and then you all went home. When somebody gets a whipping, we all got to go home. And the real good families, they'll whip all their kids at home because that one kid got a whipping. Y'all get a whipping? Who got a whipping? Y'all line up in here, you're getting a whipping. That's the house I grew up in. If my friends got a I got a whipping because they got a whipping. Bud said it's contagious. Now some of y'all ain't never been bit by that bug. We're wanting to whip your children for you. 
Yes, we are. If you'll go out of town for a day, your kids will behave when you come back. There is no mystery. There's no mystery to it. And church kids, church kids, they hear about the heavens opening. All they had was a little heart opening. Guess what? My sister's going to the same heaven that my wife is. Guess what? My sister's going to the same thousand-year reign that my wife is. Guess what? My sister's washed in the same blood that my wife is. I'm so glad that Jennifer didn't get in trouble. She never got into drink. Somehow she was good. Everything around her was bad. And her two sisters. God pulled a little Ruth out of the corner. She has a when and a where, and she only gets confused when y'all don't know when your where was. And she'll ask me, how do they don't know when they're I said, baby, just be glad you saved. Our kids. Let's bow our heads. There's a bunch of you need to quit figuring out if million pine trees got blowed over did yours really get blowed over if only one little pine tree moved was that enough here's what I'd like you to do I'd like you to just come and pray it's all stand if somebody needs to be saved come and be saved if somebody needs to come and say thank you Lord I am saved come and thank him